0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: And here's Fox creeping forward. He pulls up, 18-footer. Here Fox, puts the Kings on top. Makes one, takes play Gives the belly.
2: 35-foot-three for the win. Vivalda, the We deserve this win, man when we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do, for these 40, 48 minutes. I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Bulls Podcast.
0: My name is Bernie Nunez, got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing,
2: man? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, just ate some Popeye's chicken. I was wondering... Uh, with Bryant West on the show I know he's a fan as well just want to know quick, quick uh, quick uh, around the horn guest here how many sauces do you think that they give you with the three piece tenders and how many do you think that they should be given
1: they never give you enough and you always need more than you have for three piece I probably need like three sauces yeah, and they certainly
2: don't give you that unless you ask for it. Yeah, that's facts. They're trying to give me one sauce for that. That's really upsetting to me. No, That's me. ridiculous. Brandon, are you are you feeling are you feeling us on the sauce situation? Man,
0: I've always been uh very hesitant with different sauces. I will say I'm I'm just like a ranch dry guy. Yeah, I'm a dry I'm a ranch. Ranch, a ranch and I'm good.
1: Well, if we're just going to make this the fried chicken hour, I will say that Popeye's has incredible fried chicken, but I am not a big fan of any of the sauces. It's definitely the area where Chick-fil-A is the strongest competitor of the fried chicken uh, chains, is
2: in their sauce game. Right. No, I I, uh, I think that's fair. I think... Uh... You know the lack of hatred towards certain groups of people probably gives the edge to Popeyes at the end of the day, though. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry that I completely derailed this podcast from the jump. <laughs> it's the mock draft. We are here. Uh, it is uh, this is our final mock draft of the season. Uh, it's happening, guys. This is going to be coming out like uh, less than 72 hours before the actual NBA draft. That is happening Wednesday. How are you guys feeling? Brennan, how are
0: you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I'm excited, man. I'm getting a lot of my big board uh, sort of finalized and can't help but be moving guys around within the tiers that I got going on. And yeah, I'm glad to have draft expert of the Kings Herald, Bryant, on here to kind of rotate picks with us. And yeah, these are always a, a fun exercise to kind of see positionally what teams value and... Um, who could possibly slide and things like that, and obviously we have different opinions on on different guys, just as varying front offices would. And yeah, it's going to make for uh, an interesting an interesting walk for sure. And I always enjoy doing these
1: exercises. I can't believe the draft is almost here. Like we've been waiting for this for an extra five months. It felt like it would never come, and now it's almost here.
2: And I'll say for myself that extra five months allowed me to actually feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, If this had happened on the normal schedule, I think that I would have had to kind of do my normal thing where I'm like, okay, I kind of like these four or five guys, I guess, in the range where the Kings are picking, but this extra time and, you know, like being at home a lot. uh, 2020, you know, it, it's been a terrible year for a lot of reasons, but trying to look at the silver lining, this was one of them for me. I know, Brendan, you've done a ton of research this uh, for this class as well.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the first time I've been able to dive into the draft, and I'm curious, definitely with it being the first year, to look back at it about – What, a year in? I mean, Brian, how long do you wait before you look back at your board and decide, you know, how far you you were off when some of these guys are projects and take years to develop?
1: I try not to overreact for a couple of years unless there's, you know, clearly a massive mistake early in the players' careers, such as uh, having Dennis Smith Jr. over Jason Tatum and De'Aaron Fox. That one was pretty quickly incorrect. Um, That's going to work That's going to come around (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a really good year For uh, anybody Who wanted to get their feet wet In the draft field Um, And unfortunately For all of us Next year is going to be much more complicated Uh, On one hand it's going to be a better draft Overall a lot more star talent at the top Probably a lot easier for us to sell ourselves On watching game film But there's not going to be as much game film. Like I'm still of the opinion that uh, college basketball is going to be uh, significantly limited this year. And uh, it's going to suck because this would have been a really fun year to watch a whole bunch of tape. Um, So while this year brought its own challenges, like Rich said, it did give us a lot more time to uh, watch tape. In some cases, too much tape. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how we look back at this draft, uh, how how much we got wrong, how much we got right, and how much different it's going to be this next year when we don't have as much film to go back on.
0: It was definitely I caught myself looking at some 2021 guys recently because well, there's five guys at least that would go first in this draft. And yeah, I can't help myself. I, I with you. I wish that we were getting more gameplay out of those guys. Um, but yeah, the the class that we're working with right now has has some good depth to it with a lot of shooting. And the way we're planning on doing this today, I think we've done it previously, where we split it up by teams. But this one, we're just going to rotate picks. Rich has the first pick. I have second. Bryant has third. And we just keep rotating all the way throughout here. Um. We have, you know, roughly a time limit on each pick. I think what we said about two minutes for the first round, and and yeah, we're doing a full two rounds for this mock. Um, what else am I
2: missing here? No, I think that's about it. This is our, you know, this is our our penultimate episode before the draft on Wednesday. We're going to do our big boards. So the only thing to take into account is that this is a mock and not a big board. But you know, ultimately. I don't know if that changes that much. Like, I think you're going to think about fit a little bit here and there or, like, guys that you think, well, hey, I, I would like to see this guy on Chicago or Detroit or Cleveland or whatever. But ultimately, you know, how are you guys dealing with that? Is this going to be just kind of your your personal preference or how are you doing this, this Bryant?
1: Yeah, I think it's just going to be a combination of both. Um, you know, wherever I strongly deviate from – the general consensus or what I think teams will do I will point them out but uh, it's just mostly going to follow my order unless I definitely think that there's some team specific reason to go with a certain uh, player who is a tier or so below what I would do.
0: Yeah I'm the same way here it's, it's hard to not kind of do that and yeah there's a couple spots where you know you've heard names repeatedly mentioned for different teams um, so Yeah, I did a little bit of research on, you know, the names that have been floating around for the different spots there. But, yeah, obviously it's going to come down to my personal rankings of them. But I did do uh, a bit of research to try to get the right position or or sort of guys that that, uh, I feel like these teams are probably targeting, especially when you're talking, you know, late first round sort of spots. Um, But, yeah, obviously a lot of it's going to come down to our own personal big boards. and. I think that that's all, uh, all the prefacing we need. If you're ready, Rich, I think we got pick one, the Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, let's do it. The Minnesota Timberwolves, number one draft. So we're obviously not doing trades either. Um, and I think there is a high probability, or a relatively high probability, that the Timberwolves could try to move this pick. Um, in fact I think we're pretty confident they are trying to move the pick Um, so I think there's a good chance that it actually happens and so that's kind of built into what I'm going to do here a little bit I'm I'm torn between a couple guys for the Timberwolves but I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball here to kind of hedge to the fact that if someone's trading up for number one I think that's who they're taking I think that he is the consensus number one player in this draft at this point it is very close but uh, I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball to the Minnesota Citizen Rules at number
0: one. Totally reasonable. I I think kind of the expected pick, like you're saying, probably the consensus guy at this point. And to follow up, I'm I'm second with the Golden State Warriors, and this also seems like the obvious pick right now. I am taking James Wiseman. He's just obviously an athletic and insane physical profile that he's working with. Um, And yeah. It just happens to be a spot that the Warriors also have a hole at, and they're a very solid destination for Wiseman to cut out some of the bad habits and, yeah, learn to play with some of the best shooters in the league and a great defensive anchor, even if he's on a little bit of the downswing in Draymond. I think that, you know, Golden State's best lineup still could be Draymond at the five, but Wiseman can give you a whole lot of minutes there while he really learns the role. And yeah, has a undeniably extremely high upside. So second pick, Golden State Warriors select James Wiseman.
1: I think that's the right pick um, in terms of just how the actual draft's going to go. Um, I might not have James Wiseman that high, but I definitely think that there's going to be a team that can really uh, optimize Wiseman and and help him play within himself and not overly expect. Uh, higher star minutes as a as a scoring center, it would be the Warriors. So good pick for them. Um, for the Charlotte Hornets, I will select Anthony Edwards. Um, I think he's the best player in the draft. Um, I'm not a thousand percent sold on Charlotte being, uh, you know, the optimal spot for any of these top players, but I definitely think that it would be a team that could uh, give him. Um, more control, uh, kind of build around him, see if Michael Jordan can finally get a star-level player and and actually build a foundation around him. So a clear, easy pick for me at number three.
0: And I think this is the top three that we're kind of all expecting to see on draft night, right? In some order. I mean, this would be my predictive order, but in some order I feel pretty comfortable saying it's going to be these three guys.
2: I agree. Uh, I, I think there's I mean, I think it's the most likely order But I'd also, if you're giving me the field, the field Like if you're giving me These three guys go top three Versus any other scenario Where anyone else jumps in I think it's pretty close like, I think there's a, a legit possibility A is thrown in there um, I could see the Warriors in particular not I don't know Just doing something yeah. different um, But, yeah uh, Number four here Chicago, uh, the Bulls uh, are gonna pick number four. You know, this one is tough for me. Um, there's a lot of decent options, uh, like you mentioned. That is kind of a mini tier break there after three, and it's gonna be uh, really a judgment call on what they're looking for. I'm gonna go with uh, a name that's gonna. It might seem a little bit early for some people, but you know, I I really like Killian Hayes. And uh, I'm going to trust that the evaluation of him is worthwhile and is is correct and that even if we think, um, you know, NBA teams think differently from a lot of amateur analysts or draft Twitter analysts or whatever, I think there's something to be said for the fact that there's a lot of legitimate um, – Basketball people who like him as the number one or number two player in this draft, and uh, yeah, I don't want to over over rationalize these picks. Uh, I want to just kind of see. I think part of the mock is seeing what happens when chaos ensues because we know on Wednesday some chaos is is going to happen a little bit here. And I'm going to go Killian Hayes at number four. Yeah, I like it. I I think that
0: good pick. Yeah, I'm with you. He's in my top tier here as well, um, along with. The next guy that I'm going to take here for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Isaac Okoro. Um, I think that they need defense in one way or another. I think Okoro is one of, if not the best defender um, in the draft. And yeah, I mean, a wing with that sort of switchability. And I think the upside of Okoro is is noted, but his floor to me is is higher than people are making it out to be. I think that he's going to be a useful offensive player, even if the, Shot doesn't come around. Um, Yeah, I'm taking Isaac Okoro for Cleveland at five.
1: Perfect last two picks, honestly. I I love Killian Hayes for Chicago, and I especially love Isaac Okoro for Cleveland, knowing that they really need a uh, solid defensive player to surround their players that don't play defense. Um, For the Atlanta Hawks, there's quite a few options I could go with here, but uh, I'm going to go with Devin Vassell, simply because I think that... He offers the safest, most well-rounded pick of anybody who's still left on the board. Uh, I could have gone on Yeko O'Connor, but the Hawks already have uh, a stacked center position, and they're unlikely to go that way. Uh, Devin Vassell would really continue to help insulate Trey Young in a high defensive uh, team outside of Young. And I think he's got uh, some under-heralded shot making, and will help space the floor. So.
2: Yeah, I like it. I, you know, I was shook a little bit by the the video, the shooting video of Vassell, and I know everyone's immediately coming up like, it's just a yeah, prank. <laughs> right, this uh, April Fools. Um, but yeah, I was shook a little bit. Um, I was very, very bullish on him. I had him in my top three at one point. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can't lie, I moved him down to like sort of six to eight range, but I, you know, in my heart, this is where I think he belongs is that maybe right outside of the top five. So I love that. And for Detroit, I'm going to go with a ball handler playmaker because I just think that Detroit has nothing, nothing going on, uh, in, in terms of the guard positions. Um, Another guy, a little bit controversial, where exactly he'll fall, but I'm going to go with Tyrus Halliburton at uh, number seven here for Detroit. Good pick. Yeah, it I takes like his
1: value at the spot. Yeah, we're just skipping over
0: the Patrick Williams promise, quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I like Fat Willow there. I mean, I, I like Halliburton there, sorry. I think that definitely needs some sort of playmaker going on in Detroit. Um, and I think this next team here, 8, New York, also needs a playmaker. Um, but I'm going for a little bit of a different position here. I, I thought that he would be off the board at this point. I'm taking Denny Avdia. Um, Yeah, has some playmaking capabilities and really just the size that he provides with some underrated like straight-line speed and, and defensive potential to him. I think that Denny, alongside... Um, R.J. Barrett and Mitch Robinson is is not a bad fit there for New York. And, yeah, they like overseas guys sometimes. I'm taking Denny Evdia for New York
1: at eight. Uh, well, the Washington Wizards are exceptionally happy right now because Onyeka Kong was still on the board. That's a really easy pick for them. Um, I think that's another team that really needs a, a defensive player <laughs> and uh, I think he is easily the best defensive big man in this first round. Uh, He's number five on my overall board, third for the Kings, so this is quite a steal for Washington who could really use a defensive anchor to pair with Ruri Hachimura and uh, Thomas Bryant, both who
2: are really good offensive players but uh, significantly less so on the defensive end. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I don't know about you guys, but I'm already, like, thinking about how this is going to break for the Kings. Um, <laughs> I'm stressing about 11 also. Yeah, and I think you uh, – I think that the, the both of you could, should be stressed out a little bit. I think one thing that would alleviate a lot of stress at this point would be um, for Obi Toppin to come off the board. Uh but I'm not gonna make it that easy for you, gentlemen. Uh, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm gonna go with, uh, oof, yeah, I'm gonna go with the player that I think right now, at ten, is great value. Uh, you know, we can debate fit and all that. You know, you mentioned that this guy had a promise at six, allegedly. You know, whoever says that, whoever believes that. I don't know. Maybe it's true. I have no idea. Um, but I'm gonna pick here based on. Uh, you know who I would like at this spot, and my gut instinct of who I would like at this spot might be as good as, as any analysis right now. Uh, there's so many smokescreens, so much going on. I'm going to go with Pat Williams at number 10.
1: I love the fit between Pat Williams and DeAndre. It's great.
0: Ugh. Yeah, man, I don't want to take Toppin to San Antonio at 11. Um, I I don't think that's a spot that makes sense for Toppin. Man, he's probably the best player right now in this draft, but for a team that is so early in their rebuild, they haven't even really started it yet. Um, I'm actually going to go at 11 Alexei Pokusevsky.
2: Let's go yeah. I love it. I love it. That's
1: the right pick. I love that too. There's not a better place for Alexei
2: to get in, depth in. That is the San right honestly. That is the right pick, Renan. And now well, And now, and now Bryant <laughs> is put in the, the <laughs> worst in nightmare scenario.
1: No. No, you guys think this is a nightmare scenario. I mean, honestly, there's zero chance that Obi Toppin slides this far. Um, uh, San Antonio could totally take him. Phoenix could totally take him. Washington could have totally taken him. One of those teams is going to take him. Mm -hmm. There's no chance he lasts to 12. But I'm not taking him at 12 because I do not have him that high in my big board. I will take the the highest uh, remaining player on my big board. And that's going to be a guy I've been talking about for the last month. That is Tyrese Maxey, who I absolutely love as a long-term pairing with De'Aaron Fox. Quite easy pick for me, honestly.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's spend a little more time on this pick. Um, you know, Brendan, you you tweeted something you know recently. The 12 guys that you, you think are the upper tier or like the, I guess, kind of like... Mass mass tier one, or you com- you're combining some smaller tiers, right? Um, and it's basically everyone that was picked before uh, Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Maxey here, plus Obi Toppin. And you basically said the only guy I wouldn't pick from this tier of twelve is Obi Toppin. And I asked you who you would pick, and you said Tyrese Maxey. And um, I want to hear your your reason for that too, because it sounds like this is this is the exact pick you would make as well.
0: Yeah, it is. I I think that at this point you kind of reach a couple point guards. I have Kyra Lewis pretty comparable to Maxie in regards to where I rank them. And, yeah, when you talk the fit alongside Fox, I think that Maxie is definitely more of an off-ball guy, and I believe in Maxi's ability to guard twos in a way that I don't with Kyra Lewis. So, yeah, and, and also just getting a bit of a defensive mentality to this Sacramento team I think would be extremely nice. Maxie's a guy that could really up the energy. I mean, you see like Kent Bazemore go out there and there's an energy shift. Like I think that Maxie's going to bring that for most of his career. And yeah, I think that there's a promising shot that he's working with as well. And yeah, at this point, I mean, he's he's definitely the guy that I would take here. Top, and it doesn't make sense for a team that, you know, your focus should be getting one of those top guys in 2021 right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, but I think that we shouldn't undersell Tyrese Maxey's fit with Sacramento. Um, it, he just – in his absolute ceiling, I think that he is a uh, an above-average defensive guard, something that this team really lacks. And I think he really has a chance to be uh, a culture setter in terms of um, full 48-minute effort that this team really hasn't had in a long time.
0: Um, Who are your other considerations at 12, Brent?
1: I won't lie that uh Obi Toppin is definitely uh, in the range on my board. Um, Kara Lewis would have also come into consideration. I've certainly gone back and forth between Kara Lewis and Tyrese Maxey many times. And there's a part of me that thinks – The Kings might be leaning Kara Lewis. If there's anything that has come out of Sacramento through all the smoke screens, and there really hasn't been much, uh, we definitely know that the Kings are interested in Kara Lewis. So um, it seems to me that he might be the odds-on favorite for the 12th pick at this point. Um, But between them, I would take Tyrese Maxey. But like you said, I certainly wouldn't be upset if they took uh, Kara Lewis here.
0: Rich, how do you feel about uh about that pick and why should it have been Chase Grubb?
2: Yeah. Um no, I like the pick. I think it is the pick that I would have made as well. There's it's close. There there's some argument for a couple other guys. I think the guy that I, that was would probably be the closest for me. The closest runner up is the guy who I'm going to pick uh 13 for the New Orleans Pelicans. I know you guys aren't as high on him as I am, but I very much believe in Cole Anthony. I still have him uh, fifth on my board, and I am confident that he'll be a top 10 player in this draft. If not, you know, I, I, I think that five putting him in the top five is based on a, a rosy, optimistic projection, but I think top 10 is very reasonable, and I think that uh, New Orleans is the type of team that, is fine with with uh, basically. I, I I think that he is is evaluated higher on teams boards than on analyst boards. That's my that's my guess. That's my gut feeling, and I think they'd be happy to have him. He uh you know add another top three recruit coming out of high school for his class. Uh you know put him alongside Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram. Obviously a special talent as well. I think those are the two main pieces in New Orleans, neither of which is a guard. Cole can get you buckets. Maybe you, you think, well, we want someone who can distribute a little better. But I, I think you can get that in other ways. I think that a lot of role players can do that. I think that uh, um, a lot of veterans can do that. Um, Cole Anthony gets you buckets, and uh, I'm absolutely going Cole Anthony here for the New Orleans Falcons.
0: I think it makes sense. I think New Orleans is a spot. I also liked Poku because I think that they already have a lot going on for their future, and it doesn't hurt to take a home run swing because if somebody else fits in there with that and and develops and reaches a potential ceiling or something like it, Cole, you know, could be one of the top guys in this draft. I think that's a good pick for them there. And then 14 for Boston here. I had Kyra Lewis written as my number one guy. Um, and top and falling has made this a tricky situation between both of them here, but I think that I have to go Obi Toppin for Boston. Um, you know, for a team that's just, like, dying for a bench scorer, at very least, Toppin can be a very good one of those. Um, I think that, yeah, the offensive punch that Toppin lands, in he's just good value at 14, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, yeah, I got to go Obi Toppin at 14, even though I really want a Kyra Lewis there.
1: No, I think that's the right pick. Boston's one of those teams that really can uh... – insulate his defensive uh, weaknesses, especially if he's being used as that off-the-bench scoring punch. And they've got, you know, a real development staff that uh, really might be able to help Toppin turn this around. Um, I definitely think that between this mock and what will actually happen on Wednesday, in falling to 14th is probably the furthest off we're going to be. Um, but if he does last to Boston, I mean, that's just a steal for them. Um, I got 15 for the Orlando Magic, and this one's quite easy. I will take Kara Lewis. Uh, like I said, he was in consideration for me at 12. Um, I know the Magic already have more Kel faults, but I think that Kara Lewis has already shown he can be a uh, combo guard in terms of playing off the ball, has an above average catch and shoot rate at Alabama. Um, I don't love the defense, but they've already got – you know a, a a solid defensive team they really just need more scoring punch more shooting ability uh so that one's easy for me yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that's a super easy pick and a great value for orlando
2: definitely um i like that i like that a lot if any team in the draft i think you know is going to benefit from the point guard strength in this class it'll, it it could be orlando at 15 they're going to get they're going to get a quality guard um if they if they do indeed d- decide to stop drafting giants in orlando thanks the year to do it
0: even though sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that means hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th.
2: For Portland at number 16, you know, I'm going to go a little bit against... My board here because I think that they do have a, a relatively obvious need and that's a forward. Any forward, they don't do it. Don't have forwards. They can't find forwards. They uh, are in desperate <laughs> need of a guy that can that can play the. Oh, I think specifically play the four. Relax, relax, relax. Um, you know, and I think that they also are surprisingly a win now team. Like I think that they. You know Dame isn't young, CJ isn't young. They were a, a Western Conference Finals team very recently, and then they totally fell out of the mix. I think that they can get back to being a contender with some smaller moves. I think one of those smaller moves is drafting Sadiq Bey at, uh, at number 16. Uh,
0: I'm totally with you. I think that it's a great fit for him. He was just totally my guy from Minnesota at 17.
1: Um, I mean, honestly, any of these next five picks would be very solid spots for Sadiq Bay to end up. Mm-hmm. I don't love him for Sacramento at 12th, but uh, Portland, Minnesota, Dallas, Brooklyn, any one of those teams would really use uh, a guy with his uh, uh, instincts.
2: I would have loved to draft the Jay Scrub. I would love for that, that little nugget of, of reporting to be true. I don't buy it i'm not i'm just not buying anything right now like i'm not buying any reporting but i will say the other team that has met with jay scrub like five times is the minnesota timberwolves is that true i've totally missed that that's what i've heard yeah wow. i mean i don't know if it's true again i'm not believing anything so. right
0: <laughs> oh god um all right i'm between two two hot takes here for minnesota at 17 i think that they just want a role player that they can lock in here um, I think that that logic makes sense here, and they're in a weird spot where you know, they are a future team, but I think that they are trying to win some games right now um, with Cat and D'Lo on that roster. They're probably still not a playoff team next year, but I, I think that they want a solid role player they can lock in here. So for 17, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm going Desmond Bain.
2: Man, I'll be honest, that seems high to me. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I just – I really feel like at this point they're going to want to be locking in somebody that you just know what you're getting here. Like I I really debated taking Jaden McDaniels actually because it's a team that I think should be very focused on the future. But I don't know, with with the roster they have, I I just feel like they are – focused on at least trying to win some games right now and some wing defense and shooting. It would be, I mean, specifically the shooting combined with that um, would be very valuable for that team.
1: Yeah, I definitely was thinking shooter for them too. Um, but that leaves the guy I think you should have taken for Dallas at number 18. Uh, I'll take Ernie uh, Smith for the Mavericks. Um, couple ways I could have gone for Dallas here. They really could use another defensive wing, but Aaron Neesmith is just going to fly around the court, absolutely loving playing with a guy who draws so much attention, like Luka Doncic does, Uh, and Luka's going to absolutely love having a uh, knockdown. Sure, if uh, Aaron Neesmith hits anywhere near his ceiling, this would be an amazing spot for him. So, easy pick.
2: Mm. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, who... Does James Harden need <laughs> on his team? It's <laughs> <That's> a tough <laughs> question. Uh you know, I liked not Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I like Jaden McDaniels for the Timberwolves. You you mentioned that a little bit, Brendan. I'm tempted to go with him here and he can, you know, really live out that next K D lifestyle oh. uh learned from the man himself, but I'm not gonna go that direction, um, yeah. I, I'm not going to go that direction. I, I'm going to go with a guy who, boy, it's. This is a really, especially with all the craziness going on there. This is a really interesting spot. I think I'm going to go with a win now candidate, someone who's someone who's going to affect the game in a positive way right away. And someone who's defensive-minded, and can I, I think, it, you know, it's short-sighted here. It's short-sighted, but I think the Nets are short-sighted right now. There are some better candidates for long-term development, but a guy that can take a little bit of the defensive pressure off these superstars that are all around him um, on the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to go with a guy that I'm not a huge fan of, but I get it, Josh Green.
1: Uh, yeah, that's the right pick here.
2: You are stealing my guys every time. Yeah, as
1: somebody who's really high on Josh Green, I love that pick for Brooklyn. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I think that that's a a solid one for sure. Um, Just an energy guy. and Yeah, I think of high-energy guys going to Miami here as well. I really thought that this was the spot for Jaden McDaniels. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I, I still might be there, but... I, I kind of think that you really what screams Miami to me is more of this high energy, gritty guy, and
2: hmm.
1: You know, I, I think Miami. I am the right pick here. Huh? Yeah, you're skipping the red pick. It's J- Jaden. McDaniels I think it's Jaden McDaniels. He should pray that he goes to a team. Like it's Miami. too good
0: of a yeah of a development team, right? Um. Yeah, I, I was talking myself out of no, it. No,
2: no, let him follow Denver, so Denver gets all of it. I am I'm gonna so go. to
0: redundant.
1: Jimmy Daniels uh, for yeah. Miami at twenty there. <laughs> no, that's the right pick. Um, well, everybody and and their mom knows what Philadelphia needs. There's there's zero question. The the Philadelphia 76ers need shooting, and they need it badly. Um, And so my selection here is not a new idea. I've definitely seen him mocked here quite a few times. I'm going to take Tyrell Terry. Um, I think this is going to be the best of two worlds for Terry because he's both going to get to play off the ball a lot and uh, really utilize that really insane rate catch-and-shoot shot, which I don't think he'd be able to do as well if he went to a team that didn't have a big, tall primary initiator like Ben Simmons, and he's also going to be protected because, I mean, I don't, I buy that he's added a lot of strength since the season ended, but he's still going to be a guy that defenses go after, and he's joining one of the better defensive teams in late, so custom fit for the Philadelphia 76ers.
2: Yeah. I love that pick. I love the last two picks. They are who I wanted for Denver at number 22. Um, I think both would have been a home run for Denver. And I, I think I'm running out of another tier of players here. I think they're, I think that there is an upper echelon, uh, tier like a top 11 or something. And then I think there's pretty close to a top 21, 22, 23. Um, and it's tough for me. I, there are guys that I really don't like in this group. There are guys that I like quite a bit. You know, I'm even tempted to go with my ultra least hurt player in the draft um, of Precious Achua. If they let go of Paul Millsap, maybe a guy that can play some versatile defense, um, you know, a big, big man who can also switch quite a bit and give a lot of effort. But I'm not going to go that direction. Um, I'm going to go with another sort of super high ceiling guy. Even if I don't really get the ceiling, you know, I believe that a lot of people smarter than myself understand the ceiling, see the ceiling. I'm going to go with RJ Hampton for Denver. Um, they're just the type of team that, you know, oh, you're afraid of this guy? Well, we're not, so we're going to take him. Perfect. Perfect spot for him.
1: As somebody who is also not high on R.J. Hampton. Um, I feel
2: pretty
1: I, Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. I don't think any of us are really high on R.J. Hampton, um, even as uh, a whole bunch of smart experts have really jumped him up their boards after that Mike Miller shooting video. Um, but Denver is the perfect spot for him, and I think he's a lot like Jaden McDaniels. I, I think he's best if he goes somewhere where they – are going to be patient with him.
0: Yeah, and sitting here at 23 for Utah, you know, this is where I had Jaden McDaniels pegged because I, I think that Utah needs a another star to put alongside Donovan Mitchell, and yeah, I think that they need to be taking upside swings. It's going to take a lot for them to pass a team like like Denver, and and get to this next tier in the Western Conference to me. I I really think they need another guy, so I kind of think they're in a spot where they take a swing. Um, But it's a little too early for me on some of the guys that, like a Jamias Ramsey, where I do like the upside of him, but there's a real chance that he flops out. And someone that I think has a decent middle ground, um, and can be a little bit of a point guard, point guard of the future for them. And we're we're sticking French in Utah. I'm going with uh, Théo
2: Maladon. I love that pick. That's who I've wanted for them for so long. I love it. All right. Well, this one's
1: easy. I'm going to stop the slide of one of my favorite players in this class. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks take uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, we all know how Milwaukee operates. They Love to put shooters around Giannis. Um, I think there are a couple of things that Jalen Smith is going to have to get immediately better on to survive in Milwaukee. He's going to have to uh, um, really get stronger at setting screens and playing his uh, important role. Um, But I think in a um, drop system like theirs, I think he's going to be protected. I mean, they can basically just give him the Burke Lopez playbook and say, hey, do this.
0: Yeah, that's a fit I had not thought of before and actually makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, just fill that Broca Lopez pick or uh, role. I like it. And, uh, 25,
2: Oklahoma City, Rich. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't think there are a lot of perfect fits for them here. Um, you know, they're seemingly just getting younger and younger by the minute. It sounds like Chris Paul is, is, relatively likely to go out the door for uh, Phoenix. And maybe, hey, maybe that Phoenix pick, number 10, Pat Williams, maybe he's headed to Oklahoma City in that in some way, shape, or form. um, There's a group of guys here that I really like who are a little bit older. Um, Not crazy old, but, you know, not the sort of home run swings that OKC loves to take, especially on the wing. Yeah, there are a couple guys here though that uh, that are those home run swings on the wing, and I'm certainly tempted to take them at OKC. I I don't know that uh, I have the balls to do it. I'm kind of building myself up right now, Safety. trying to help help that I can get into it. I got OKC again in three picks, you guys. <laughs> I could I could take uh, another one here for OKC. Um, I see you've threatened me on our, on our, uh, on our Google Doc, threatened me, uh, in case the guy that comes up next, tell me to take someone because they're going to take him number 26 for Boston. And yeah, that's fine. You know what? We're Oklahoma City. We're smarter than you. We don't have to take a center. We don't want to take a center. We're going to pass on Precious Chua again here at 25, and we're taking j Scrub. Yeah, that's right.
1: All Oklahoma right. City is taking
2: j Scrub. 25 overall. Let's get it. Is it is it crazy? Is it crazy? Absolutely, it is. Uh, but I think Brian, you were saying it earlier. Like if if Darius Basley is worth a first round pick, why isn't Jay Scrub?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll fully admit that uh, Jay Scrub was a guy I didn't watch until this weekend. Um, but after just a bit of research, it's like it, there's no reason that Darius Basley should have been taken in the first round a couple of years ago, and Jay Scrub shouldn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all right. So 26 at Boston, um, and you know, Precious has been my guy a little bit, and I've liked the Boston fit. But No, you got to do. I'm not it. sure. I'm not sure. It, it's between him and Trey Jones.
2: Comment on my Jay Scrub pick more while you think about it, because I feel like <laughs> I haven't been abused for this, and I should
0: be. He's, like, I don't think I'm that far off from you, especially a team like OKC, okay, like you're saying, is like just starting their rebuild. Like, yeah. I, I do think, no. like, Precious is probably the guy I would have taken there because I think Precious has a decent upside to him as well. Um, I, I know you're probably not in the same train of thought with me on Precious, but, yeah, I mean, I just don't find that as, like, all too crazy.
1: Uh, if there's somewhere in the late first that's going to take him, it's going to be OKC okay gambling with one of these two picks. That's not crazy.
0: <sighs> all right. I'm taking Precious for 26 in Boston.
1: This is the right pick. It's absolutely the right pick. This is the exact center that Boston needs. I know that you both are much lower on Precious than I am. I mean, I have him at 20, and that's probably a lot lower than consensus, but it's the right pick.
2: I actually completely agree that this is the right pick for Boston. I, I think that Precious is so... Like, it makes so much more sense for him in the late 20s than for a team that has multiple first-round picks. I think it makes an insane amount of sense. I think it's the perfect pick here. I, I personally, if I was the team that had one shot at a first-round talent, I'm not spending it on a center. I'm not. I'm just not. Um, And that's me. But this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just realized
0: now it's going to be Precious and Obi Toppin on the floor together. And that's an interesting Which, duo.
1: That's, that's not terrible for Boston. I mean, having a backup, a big man core of Obi Toppin and Precious are two. I mean, there's no way that Boston ends up with two big men with their first round picks. Right. They're going to take a wing in there somewhere. It's Boston. But, I mean, I actually really love the fit between those two guys. Um, boy, you know, there's not anybody here for New York I absolutely love. Um, But since – uh. I believe it was uh, Brendan who took Denny Dia for them earlier. And just looking at their roster construction, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, there's not a lot of shooting on that team. So I will take the best shooter left on the board to me. That's Isaiah Joe. Um, I think – This is probably as high as he'll actually go in the real draft, Um, and I know that there's a lot of concern that he's just going to be a shooter, but I think he's a uh, high-motor defender who, as he gains more strength, will really shine on that end of the court. And uh, if he accepts being a catch-and-shoot player, where in college he was really the the get-the-shot-off, make-it-happen kind of guy, which is why I think his shooting percentage is tanked this year. Uh, I think he can really be a uh, above-average NBA shooter and really fill a role that always that every smart team needs more of. So um, and that's how I'm going for New York.
2: Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I have Isaiah Joe in my first round as well. Um, yeah, and he's as good of a fit as anybody here for, for the Knicks. Um, OKC is up again. And they feel like doing something stupid again. Um, so that's excellent. That's awesome. Again, at the start of a rebuild, they just lost Dennis Schroeder uh, via a trade that will be completed around the time that this podcast is released. And, look, they got to replace him with another guard with terrible decision-making and uh, terrible defensive instincts, at least for the first eight years of his career. Come on down, Jamias Ramsey. Welcome to the team.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, be oh. watching a lot of OKC then.
2: <laughs> Rich has turned OKC into the dumping ground for his favorite players. Yeah. Well, it's it's upside. It's really, I'm just going upside here. I, yeah. Who cares if if these guys bust out? OKC has 1,000 first round picks. Yeah, that's really true.
0: Yeah, I like it. And then, uh, so 29 here for Toronto. You know, they have a thing. They're not scared of these older guys. Siakam, at the time of the draft, Siakam was 22, uh, Powell was 22, Wright was 23, Pirtle 21, Terrence Davis and Fred Van Fleet both played for four years. I am taking uh, Tyler Bay here at 29. He's uh, become my crush for sure, and I think that the defensive versatility that he's working with here is going to be very appealing to Toronto, and – Yeah, I think that there's some potential as a shooter as well. I really wanted to go a center here because I think like a Xavier Tillman or Isaiah Stewart makes a lot of sense. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of them. And I know they don't have a second rounder until pick 59. And likely, you know, all what I view as the solid centers are going to be gone by then. But it's just still a little too early for me to be taking those guys. So I'm going with Tyler Bay at 29.
1: Boy, if I was Toronto, I would have taken Xavier Tillman here. I've got him at uh, 25 on my big board. Um, I definitely think he's worth a first-round pick. Take him for Boston, you coward. Three bigs.
2: (laughs) Three bigs, Boston.
1: (laughs) I was just about to say there's no way that the Boston Celtics will draft uh, three big men with their three first-round picks. So I'm going to look at the wings. Um, I think the best wing left on the board is uh, Mississippi State's Robert Woodard. I think uh his shot really turned the corner this year, probably not a actual forty percent three point shooter, especially not in the NBA, but uh he's a high motor guy who probably just needs a year or two of patient development to where his uh body can catch up I mean his uh his mental awareness of the game can catch up with his extreme athletic gifts. So uh I think Boston definitely could uh would want to take a a high upside wing here and I think uh, Woodard makes a lot of sense.
2: I love that pick. I love Robert Woodard. I squarely have him as a first round pick like on my board. You know, I don't think anyone has him in the 20s because it's just there's just not enough upside for that, but I feel about as good as I can feel about anyone in like the 25 to 30 range. Um as Robert Woodard I I love that pick um in particular for Boston who just you know anyone that can guard 3s, 4s that's really exciting for them. Um I can see him getting into the playoff mix and uh, you know I can see him actually absorbing playoff minutes relatively quickly in his career. Um that's exciting for me. Do we want to take a quick break here at the end of the first round and and catch our breath? A lot has happened. Uh Take a few minutes here, go to commercial break, and, and come back with round two? Let's do it. Works for me.
1: Sure. Sports are coming back,
0: and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
2: All right, boys and girls, we are back for round two of the King's Pulse mock draft. And just before we do, I've realized that on my Popeyes Cup, there is a peel for a chance to win sticker. So we're going to do that live. Just before we get oh, yeah. Go. I think it's gotten too soggy, and now I can't. <laughs> to, win uh, the whole thing is. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, it's a bunch of letters, and you got to enter the letters into the app. All right, oh, this man. is bullshit.
1: Oh, what the heck! <laughs> All
2: right, boys, I'm drunk on Popeye's sweet heat sauce. Let's uh, let's get it cracking at 31. God, we took that break and I didn't even bother to look into the board <laughs> during that time. Um, but here's what I'm gonna do because he's the highest on my board. I like uh this type of a player for Dallas. Shot maker, guard, um, can play off of Luka Doncic. Give me Grant Riller right here at 31 for the Dallas Mavericks.
0: I like it. He was one of the two guys left that was in my top 30 that we hadn't taken yet. And I'm actually not taking the other one here at uh, 32 for Charlotte. I think that Charlene's a big man that they're going with here uh, to go along, Edwards and P.J. Washington and a little bit of their core that they're working with. And, man, I I don't know if they go for – I think it's fine to go for the safer guy here. I think that they just need an anchor that's really going to allow the rest of these guys to, to play freely and be the glue of the team. I'm going Xavier Tillman here at 32.
1: That's a great pick. That's who I was hoping would fall for Minnesota. So I'm going to default and take the best player left on my board. Um, like you talked about earlier, Minnesota's in this weird spot where they're both trying to win now and build for the future. Um, I don't know that this guy's going to help them at all because he might not even play in the NBA next year, but uh, Leandro Bomaro is highest on my board, and I think a team like Minnesota could be patient with him uh, would be smart to select him early in the second.
0: You guys think that um, Bane would have made it to this? Um, you mean like in, in a real draft would Bane go yeah. to 30? 30... Even in ours, I guess, like because I took him at 17. Would do you think you guys think he would have made it down to 33?
1: No, I would have taken oh. him before that. Yeah.
2: I, I have him like a late first guy, and, and like 17 isn't. Insane, I think. Um, I just have him like right in the middle between, yeah, like mid 20s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have him at 24.
2: Yeah. That works for me. Um, I'm going to go with a guy here that I think is, um, you know, can help the Philadelphia 76ers right away. Uh, he can shoot it. He can play point guard. Um, and when I say point guard, I mean like, you know, point guard and not Ben Simmons point guard. Um, give me Malachi Flynn. Flynn. So they did already
0: take Tyrell Terry.
2: Did they really? They did. That's fine. Okay. Doesn't matter to me. Get, get two yeah. of these guys in there. They got, five, what, four second round picks? Yeah. Give me, the, give me the value here. I agree.
0: All right. So now I can't get crap. 35 Sacramento here. And looking for a point guard. There was a lot of Malachi Flynn stands. I think one of them is in here. And Yes, the right guys, here. I, I mean, this one, I, I feel pretty easy taking Trey Jones here. Like, I feel like he's exactly what we want Corey Joseph to be. Or, sorry, he's not going to be right away, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, a defensive-focused backup point guard uh, that can facilitate an offense a little bit. I, I think that's great for Sacramento.
1: Yeah, I I think Trey Jones is going to be more NBA-ready than um, some of the point guards who could have lasted here. Um, I think it's a fine pick for Sacramento. He's definitely going to be a guy who can impact both ends of the court. Um, Hopefully he can learn to play up-tempo and maybe improve that shot off the catch. Uh, So he might get some spot minutes playing with De'Aaron Fox. But uh, this is a fine pick. I've got Malachi Flynn significantly higher than Trey Jones, but without him here, this seems a fine pick to me.
2: Yeah, um, and let's, again, spend a little extra time on it because it's, it's Sacramento here. Other players, you know, who else was was, was a deep in consideration for you, Brendan?
0: Um, you know, probably Balmaro I, I think is interesting. And I don't know, at this point, do you uh, – I guess I debated also some big men here, like Zeke Nagy's kind of uh, emerged as my favorite among the rest that's left, really. Um. But, yeah, I I don't know. I I think that I I like Jones a good bit more than that. So, and the need for a backup point guard, even with Maxey being picked, I think is pretty real. So, it was probably, you know, Balmaro. And then I I wouldn't hate throwing Mannion in there, too. Like, you've very much talked me into, you know, there being an upside with Mannion that I think Sacramento, it wouldn't hurt to take a swing on.
2: I feel like Mannion should be in the discussion. Uh, Balmaro was gone, right? Balmaro just went. I took him at 33. To Minnesota, so which I think is a great pick for Minnesota for their upside. But yeah, I mean, I think that Mannion should at least be in the very much in the discussion with Trey Jones. Uh, I think it's a fine pick; makes sense to me to go Jones. Would you look for a guard or a big here? Um, I'm probably just looking for value, um, and I think that it just kind of happens that a lot of the guards are the value in this particular spot with this particular rake. Um, I would also – I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Cassius Winston is, is interesting as well in a guard spot. Um, you know, we've discussed quickly in Dotson. I think that those guys are two other guards I would consider. And, and uh, you know, maybe Cassius Stanley, maybe Elijah Hughes, if you're looking at Wings. I think all those mm-hmm. guys are a little interesting. But I, I would stick with one of the guards. I would, I would stick with one of Winston – Manion or, or John's here.
1: And of those three, I think Brendan made the right selection.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Um if we're good All right, that back. puts me up. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: Philadelphia doesn't need any more point guards. Um so I'm going to give them a backup to Joel Embiid. Um I definitely think that they don't want to risk drafting any more non-shooters and so while I love Isaiah Stewart and and think that he has a chance to be a solid shooter given uh, all the insights into practice where his coach says he's really worked on his shot I think the safest bet for at least a middling shooter here is Zeke Nagy Um, I think he definitely warrants consideration late in the first Um, kind of solid all around Uh, I think Philadelphia would be a very Solid spot for him, especially uh, Doc Rivers, has shown an ability to really get the most out of uh, backup centers.
2: I like that pick, and I like that it's the so I have a I have a a pretty big sequence of players 35 to 49, um, you know, out of that group, basically 35 to 50, only one of them was born in the current. Millennia, um, you know, Zignashi is an 01, uh one birthday, and and I have a, a big group of guys here that are, are you know, more experienced college players. Um, there is, there's only one left that that uh, qualifies on the on this side of the year 2000. Um, you know, this side of 20 years old. He's he's still 19, and I think that the Wizards are, even though they're telling everyone they're gonna. <laughs> You know, make the playoffs with Brad Beal and be serious about contending or whatever. I don't buy that. I've never bought that. I'm going to go for the last young guy in this group, and it's Nico Mannion. Um, You know, I don't have a lot of faith in John Wall being the future point guard for that team. Um, I think, you know, I don't have a ton of faith in Nico Mannion being that either, but I would at least roll the dice on him at 37. Makes a lot of sense. I, I probably would have done the same thing for
0: New York here at 38, and, you know, I I do think they're in a spot where a backup point guard would be pretty useful to them, but we took most all of them off the table. Um, I do have one other one sitting here, and I think that – I think I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm going to go with Devon Dotson here at 38. I think that there's an intriguing upside to him with the athleticism that he's working with. And while I don't love the R.J. Barrett fit, I think New York should be taking the swings on upsides.
1: Yeah, I'd like that pick for New York. Um, he's definitely the highest left on my board. Um, you know, New Orleans is exactly the type of team that I think my selection needs to fall to. Um, I'm going to take Houston superstar energy bunny, Nate Hinton, who uh, definitely has risen up my draft board just from his sheer energy. Um I only averaged 10 points per game, the most confident 10 points per game you're ever going to see because the dude just is omnipresent on defense. It's incredible the energy he plays with, and I think he's going to be best used in a system that doesn't need him to create because that's not the kind of player he is. And uh, what New Orleans needs is there's high-energy guys who are going to be happy playing roles, and I think that's going to be something that Nate Hinton is going to do really well at.
2: Yeah, that's um, you know, we're we're doing a landing round here, second round. I'm not going to disagree with anyone's takes. It's higher than I saw Hinton going, um, but I like that you're you're taking a stance there. Um, and at 40. I believe this is Memphis has only taken the draft that's that's correct right yeah um and I think that probably the thing that that Memphis needs the most is just a a guard that can shoot it and not you know knock it down from the perimeter um you know they could go a lot of different directions, I guess, but that that was the thing that I identified for them I think they're like sneaky you know sneaky competitive to make the playoffs so that that's what they want to do I think some like one of their weaknesses is a is a two yard that can just drill shots. I think that they, a lot of Memphis fans are after Buddy Heald for that exact reason. And look, this isn't Buddy Heald, but it is Emmanuel quickly. I think that he is going to be um, making a ton of threes for that team. I like this here for 40.
0: Yeah, I, I like, I like quickly and I think he's pretty good value there. And 41 here for San Antonio's interesting. Um, I'm going to have to look back real quick. I I actually had their first pick, and I took Poku. Um, It's a little bit of a different direction. I think that there is some defensive questions here that he's going to take some molding from just playing in a lot of zone in college. But I think that I'm going to take Elijah Hughes here at 41 for San Antonio. Again, I think that he has an interesting upside if he is brought up in a good system, and uh, San Antonio definitely qualifies.
1: Well, I'm back on the board with New Orleans again at 42, and as soon as I made my Nate Hinton and pick and gave that wonderful, detailed explanation why, I realized that there's still a guy I have a first-round grade on on the board. Uh, and as much as I'd love to let him fall to Sacramento at 43, I can't in good conscience let the New Orleans Pelicans, who are definitely going to need shooting big men, to go with Zion Williams uh, – I'm going to take Killian Killian Tilly from Gonzaga here. They have Nico
0: Melli. Come on.
1: (laughs) No, they need more than that. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good fit, actually.
2: Yeah, I'm frustrated because these are two really good picks. Two really, really good picks that I really wanted for Sacramento at 43. This is the only pick I'm making for the Sacramento Kings in this mock draft. And... This is really hard for me. I I really I really had honed in on on Hughes or Tilly. Um, you know, I cannibalized myself a little bit earlier. I think quickly would be interesting. I think Mannion, if he had slid this far, would be interesting. But they've already got you know now we have got two guards off the board, right? We got Maxi and Trey Jones. You know, we're looking at you know, six-two and under guys only. We're looking short stuff here for Sacramento. You know, could we go small again? Probably not. I mean, just if we're if we're looking at how this is breaking, probably not. Um, and it's tough because I don't want to go super big either necessarily. Then you you know I think you're kind of fooling with what the Kings always do. They got a bunch of guards and a bunch of centers and not much in between. But you know that's also how scarcity works in the NBA and and the guys that can play the three and the four they pretty much get snapped up pretty quickly. Um, So it's tough for me. I've got a a difficult task ahead of me, and I think I'm just going to go with the the only guy kind of in this range that I think can play the 3-4. I don't love it because, you know, he's not a good shooter. Um, it's good, but if he can ever, you know, if he can ever bring it around, Najee Marshall would be a very useful player for the Sacramento Kings. So I'm going to reach a little bit here and go with Najee Marshall.
0: Wow. Okay. I, I like it. I actually really debated going him 41 at San Antonio. I mean, there's a clear defensive upside with a ridiculous wingspan you're working with. Um, a little bit of an older guy, right? But I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I probably would have gone a center because I think that this is a point where there's some interesting guys there, in like Aturu or, or Stewart, but I don't hate the Najee Marshall. I think that your, your logic's totally good there with just needing a a wing, really. Sacramento's always needed that, and a defensive-focused yeah. one at
1: that. Yeah, we've somehow gotten uh, another draft without giving the Kings a wing. Um, while Najee Marshall would be a little lower on my overall board, I definitely think uh, – if, if the Kings wanted to make sure they got one in this draft. Najee Marshall is a, a very well-rounded player, and like you said, if his shooting ability ever turns around, he's got so much else in this game that will make him a a, a real NBA player. So it's a solid pick here.
0: Yeah, so far, Sacramento at 43,
2: Najee Marshall, 35, Trey Jones, and 12, Tyrese Maxey. So 44. 44. Just right. to talk through my – just to give a little extra time here for the Kings pick, just to talk through other players that I considered, um, <clears throat> I, I wanted to get away from guards. I think that's understandable at this point. We've we got two already in this draft. Um, two other the guys I considered, so Stan, uh, Cassius Stanley, I think, was the other guy that I was really torn between. Also a wing, um, not nearly as impressive of a wingspan of a frame, but also an amazing athlete. Um, and, hey, would be on brand as a Duke freshman going to the Kings. Um, and then also wanted to touch on Daniel Oturu, who I think would, if I had gone with the big man, it would have been Arturo. Um There's a few other candidates, but it would have, it would have been Oturu. I'm curious how far Jordan Nwora is off this list. That's who I'm going to take 44 at Chicago. Yeah, he was close. Um he was close. He's got a similar like, you know, height and wingspan to to Marshall, but I don't think he plays the position. I think he's pretty much a pure shooter. I don't think he can de- defend the position and ultimately that's what the Kings are missing. Yeah, I'm with you, um but like I said
0: Chicago also is very desperate at the wing. Uh, when you're looking past Otto Porter, you know, you're going to Chandler Hutchinson. I think that Jordan Nwora works as a fine option there. And I probably would have preferred Najee Marshall for Chicago there because um, I feel like this is the clear spot that they look to try and add some some depth to. A little bit here at 44, but, yeah, I'm going in Louisville, Jordan Nwora for Chicago.
1: Well, the Orlando Magic are in an odd spot here. Uh... Um, they already shored up their guard spot earlier with Carol Lewis, and they don't really need the player that I'm going to give them here. Um, but he's definitely the highest on my board, and at this point in the draft you take best player available and worry about fit later. So I'm going to take Washington center Isaiah Stewart, uh, who is kind of one of my favorite second-round guys. Um, I think he's consummate winner, um, just a physical beast, and I think he's the kind of worker that will – make sure that he carves a role in the NBA. Uh, I know that there are a lot of uh, downsides somewhere about, will he be able to defend in the NBA? Is his shot actually real? Uh, I think he's got the right mentality. And an early second round pick is uh, where I'd select himself.
2: I like that. Um, and for Portland at 46, I'm going to go with another wing uh uh, a guy I mentioned before, consideration for the Sacramento Kings, I'm going to go Cassius Stanley. Uh, I think that's just kind of an on-brand pick for Portland. He's 6'6", he's athletic. You know, uh, the guy I got in the first round is not athletic. At least he's a 3'4". These are guys that they can um, basically play at the forward spots, uh, try to plug in the forward spots because they've got the guard spots so thoroughly locked down.
1: Yeah, so Boston here with is this their last
0: pick? It is pick forty seven and they've already taken Robert Woodard at thirty, Precious at twenty six, and Toppin at fourteen. Really nice
1: of us to give you three Boston picks.
0: Right? I crazy how that works, huh? Yeah. Crazy how that works. By <laughs> I actually only planned on getting 14, and then, yeah, I ended up with three of them. Um, so I, I think it's kind of got to be a stash guy for them. I, I, no, I, I think that, man, I think you go the talent that's there, and I think that Daniel Oturu's a really good player to still be on the board and for a team that still has center questions. I don't know how you roster all of them, but I think you take
2: that level of talent you figured out. is okay. taking every big man for the Boston
1: <laughs> Apparently. I thought you were going to end up taking one of these point guards that's still on the board here. Well, that kind of makes it easier for me at 48 for Golden State. I'm going to take both the best player left on the board for me, and uh, I think they could definitely use – a uh, smart, high IQ off the bench point guard. Uh, I'll take uh, Cassius Winston from Mississippi. I mean, uh, from Michigan State.
2: Such a good pick. Such a good yeah. pick. And it's criminal that he falls. He's fallen in like yeah. every mock I've done because there are just so many good point guards in that late first, early second round that he. It's just you can't really pick him over Malachi Flynn, Trey Jones, even you know, debatably Nico Mannion, the Dotsons, the Quickleys, these guys. It's 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 unfair because he deserves to go as a high second rounder, but it's just too many point guards.
1: It makes me wonder if he's going to be the guy who kind of sneaks into the end of the first, early second, because he's one of those kind of guys that teams are just going to fall in love with, in terms of the uh, off the court work ethic, leadership, all the intangibles. He's just check check check.
2: Absolutely. So Philly's up here again. They. Have a lot of picks, though I don't think they've got quite the roster crunch that Boston has, for example, or even Sacramento, quite frankly, who just have a million guys under contract. They've they really got more money tied up, bigger contracts tied up in fewer players. I think they, I think they'd be fine with taking. Um, you know, I, there's there's some appeal to to the international Spash guys, but when there's talent on the board still. I don't feel like that's going to scare Philadelphia away. Um, and and one guy that I think uh, could fit their system could – it just kind of feels like a, a Philadelphia guy. Um, you know, they, they've got a bunch of guards already. Oof. Just someone that could potentially come in, be – Long, be defensively versatile. Um, You know, I'm not in love with this player, but a lot of people are, and I see why. Uh, I'm just gonna go with Paul Reed here. Okay, yeah, I I like it. I,
0: um, yeah, I think you know, a little bit of a precious light is kind of my impression of Reed. I think that he's an interesting defender for sure. Um, I don't mind the pick at all. And then 50 for Atlanta here. This is the guy that I thought you were hyping up with that little speech there, but I'm going a – I wish that he was a better playmaker, but somebody to play alongside Trey Young and, like you mentioned, got some defense to him and a three-point shot that Atlanta really needs. I'm going Tyshawn Alexander.
2: That's who I was starting to hype up, and then I changed it up so I realized that Philly has too many guards (laughs)
1: Oh, and I was just thinking. Oh well, Natasha and Alexander gonna fall to the Golden State. All right, that's easy for me. <laughs> Thank you guys. Now I have to reconsider.
0: You know, Sam Merrill's um, still on the board, Rich.
1: <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I guess I will take the highest player left on my board, just because we're at that time of the night. I will give the Golden State Warriors uh, Miles Powell from Seton Hall, another kind of two guard. I think. Uh, you know, Golden State always needs um, playmakers. Uh, Miles Powell's signature weakness is that he may not be a great three-point shooter. Um, I think he shot 30.6% this year, so that's a little downside for the Warriors. But, I mean, he's been such a key big-time scorer at Seton Hall for the last couple of years. Right kind of guy for Golden State, I think, that the types that they focus on.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I I didn't realize I have another Sacramento pick here. Um, it looks like uh, Bryant got 12, Brennan got 35, and I get both of the, the back two picks, uh, 43 and 52. Yeah, there's a lot of things I could do here. I could certainly go for an international stash. I think that would be totally reasonable. Um, but I also think, you know, there, I think we sometimes, when we talk about that, we talk about international stashes, like, oh, we're just out of out of room for guys. Well, Sacramento was, I think, going to be a little bit ruthless with maybe letting go of the Alex Lenz, maybe Kent Bazemore, Harry Giles, we know that situation. Um, Kyle Guy, we don't know if he's coming back necessarily. There's guys on, you know, two ways get turned around. I don't know that they're – necessarily gonna value Dequan Jeffries. Like I don't I don't think that's insane to think that they will mess that up. I, I that's just me personally. I don't have a lot of investment in it. and the guys that get picked in the late second round, they don't always get you know real contracts. Like they a lot of them do end up on two ways. So I'm just gonna go for talent here. There's one guy that I like a lot. He's actually a lot higher on my board than this. He's in my top forty He's got some juice, and I think that's what the Kings could use a little bit of. Um, you know, of anyone left in the board who can go get you a bucket, I think it's Jalen Harris out of Nevada, and I, I like yes. him a lot.
1: <laughs> yes. I
2: knew this was coming.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I He's the consummate Nevada kind of guy. Just the really smart, solid all around the court. Um, Maybe not super elite NBA tools, but just makes up for it and everything else. Solid pick here. Yeah, and I don't know
0: who – I'm with you. He's the highest guy I have right now, and there's not like a great amount of other guys to be considering. I think that, you know, if you were looking for a big man, like I think Vernon Carey's kind of interesting. I I don't personally like him that much, but when you're this late in the draft, like I I don't – I don't mind that pick. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I would lean Jalen Harris. What other names do you kind of consider here?
2: Yeah, I would have just guys that I also was looking at. I, I've i come around on Mason Jones quite a bit from Arkansas. Um, I think he finished uh, with something like 85% at the rim or 80% at the rim, which is. 75. Just, which 75. Is which is still I mean, insane. It's just offensive. Um, for a guard, uh, and, and I think his like free-throw drawing rate was absolutely
0: absurd.
2: 9.1 a game. Just ridiculous. So he's just going to kill you there. Um, and, and the other guy, yeah, like you mentioned, carry and then also Abdullah Ndoye. if you want to go the stash route, he's my top stash guy. Um, so Ndoye I would have considered as well.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so Sacramento, or we'll recap at the end here, we're almost done. Oklahoma City, 53. Steven Adams, uh, not a long-term solution at the center spot. I don't know that Vernon Carey is either, but he's 19 years old, a team that you know should be valuing some young talent. I think that he's a fine value for them here at 53, and you just see if he can become a rotational center that supposedly lost 30 pounds recently or whatever.
1: Yeah, he needed that too. Um I'll take, uh, for the Indiana Pacers at 54, I'll take the be- the best big man still left on the board to me. Uh, and that's Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. Um, I think he's a very balanced kind of big man. Um, honestly, I would have considered him for Sacramento at 52. Um, I think he has sneaky upside. And uh, I don't know that the Indiana Pacers really need any more big men, but he's the best player left on my board.
2: All right, one last pick here for the 2021 future champion, Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie.
1: Losing in the the second round.
2: Kyrie Harden, KD, uh, (laughs) DeAndre Jordan. uh, Who did I pick for them earlier? Uh, Oh, Josh Green, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, Hmm. I got Dinwiddie still, Levert still. Obviously, I'm guessing those guys would go for Harden in this ridiculous scenario. Huh. Okay, pulling it back to reality here. You know, I mentioned that I liked Mason Jones a lot, and I actually think that works for Brooklyn as well. Um, Get yourself a wing. You know, very few teams can have too many of those types of guys. Get yourself a guy with a special talent. I'm not sure how many guys left on the board are truly special in one area, and at least we know Mason Jones is a a freakish finisher. Um, And and a lot of people like him. One of the the hot takes we were off in the last episode, Mason Jones number nine overall. So, uh, hey, Brooklyn, maybe you can get that at 55.
0: And then 56 here for Charlotte. I have already... Charlotte has already taken Xavier Tillman and Anthony Edwards here. Hmm. I, I, there's some centers that interesting interest me. I probably would have taken Mason Jones myself here. Man, I, I don't really want to go... Hmm. A point guard here that's like a microwave. I think... Hmm. Yeah, I I think that here it's – yeah, no, I I am – I'm just going to go for what is undoubtedly a a great shooter and a bucket getter. I I don't like the fit. I'm going Marcus Howard.
1: Yes. Ride the Marcus Howard bandwagon is the perfect spot for him.
0: Yeah, there's a, you know, a little repetitive
1: with a Malink Monk type sort of thing, but –
0: I, I don't I don't hate it.
1: All right, I'll sneak in here with uh you know, if it wasn't for Jay Scrub stealing all the limelight, uh the mean Janae would be the sleeper everybody'd be talking about. And I don't know that there's ever been a more clippers pick in the second round than a guy who averaged twenty five and ten uh on a big sky team. So um, you know, six, seven, average twenty-five points, ten rebounds, insane blocks. You know, Thirty, I you mean, know, twenty-three-year-old playing against D uh, uh, D2 talent that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but here, I think the Clippers can take the upside and hope that some of that flash in the pan is real.
2: Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm gonna go with my last super. Deep sleeper, and I'll be straight up honest with you guys. I have yet to study this guy. I have yet to watch literally any tape of him. Um, So maybe it's complete malpractice for me to to be taking him in a mock draft. But he is the guy, um, of everyone that I've yet to look at, he's the guy that I have top on my list to look at before Wednesday because so many smart people keep bringing his name up. Um, people that I trust, people that I read their work constantly, people that are making models, right, uh, that are going up on the King's Herald upcoming. People, people that are heavy <laughs> analytics-based people. Um, the only people that I've heard talk this guy up are people that I believe in as scouts and writers in basketball minds. All I know about him is he's six foot six and looks like sideshow Bob. Um, C.J. Allaby, uh, look, if anyone is going to make the super smart pick that everyone else didn't realize who, who, they're gonna, who the pick was, if anyone's going to find that super deep sleeper at 58, I believe in the Philadelphia 76ers to do this, so so give me C.J. Allaby at, at 58. All right.
0: Um, man, I almost feel like I have to pick Sam Merrill here just so he's drafted, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going with a big man here for Toronto. I mentioned earlier I thought a big would make a lot of sense for them, but I took Tyler Bay at 29. I'm going with someone we profiled recently here. I'm going with Caleb Wesson. I, I think that he can fill a pick-and-pop role and has some okay playmaking, almost Marcus esque obviously on an extremely lower level and nothing close to the level of defense. But I'm going Caleb Wesson, uh, 59 for
2: Toronto. Can I just ask um why not as a bouquet there based on just asking because, you know, I know you brought him up for Toronto at fifty nine in the last episode. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting actually. I, I probably would
0: have I, I strongly considered him also for like Boston earlier because those were the two teams like like I think I mentioned it last episode, I feel like he's totally just a Joel Embiid stopper. But I don't know, I think that Toronto has enough defense around uh, their guys, that taking a offensive sport floor spacing center is
2: a little more valuable for them. I like that. And I think also that Toronto can just find whoever they want <laughs> of the undrafted group anyway.
1: All right. Well, New Orleans already has a really stacked roster. I don't think they need somebody who's going to come over immediately. So I'll sneak in and give them a uh, Yamadar, Probably play in Israel another year But uh 6-2 guard uh, Plays hard on both ends of the court uh, Questionable shooting talent But if that comes around uh, I think he can be a, a Solid bench point guard
0: We did it boys 60 yeah.
2: picks We did it What, percentage,
1: what percentage of these picks Do you expect to be right 10% 10% uh, Yeah that seems about right.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It could be even less. But, yeah, I mean, so what stands out the most? Like, top and falling. Um, I think that, you know, I-, I took Bain pretty early here. We should wrap up. I guess Sacramento's picks at 12. They picked Tyrese Maxey. 35 was Trey Jones. 43, Najee Marshall. And 52, Jalen Harris. How do you feel like Sacramento's coming out of this one?
2: It's tough because, you know, we were really high on Trey Jones. We're like, oh, my God, what a dream it would be to get Trey Jones at 35. And I think that's the correct and true situation. But I'm also, like, he's so not a sexy pick. And considering that the Kings already have Maxi in this scenario, I'm not sure that I love – Trey Jones at 35, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely
0: with Maxi makes me makes me question it. I know I made the Jones pick, but it's a lot of guards. I um, just felt like Jones was the best value there. I mean, who? what else are you looking at then? Because, you know, you're in a spot where, to me, there's a lot of guards that are the best players available at this point.
2: I would be... I might like this draft more and uh, it's tough because I think Trey Jones will be the better player than Zeke Nagy, but Zeke so Nagy went 36. Say you you just swap that, um, and you got Maxi, Nagy, Harris, Marshall. You got an interesting crop there of point guard, wing, forward, center. I I don't know that there's some weird thing about me that enjoys that balance.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think that Naji or um, or tu- Oturu, even at that point, would have been horrible picks. I just like Jones uh, notably better as a prospect. What do you What do you make of how Sacramento's coming out of this one,
1: Bryant? I think this is a fine draft. Um, I agree that uh, coming out with Tyrese Maxey, Trey Jones is a little cramped, um, especially since um, boy, you're going to have to remind me who you took for them. Uh, Rich. Uh,
2: I got uh, uh, Najee Mar- Marshall, which I think was a little bit. Of a re- and then I, I feel right. really good about Jalen Harris. Wait,
1: Jalen Harris is the only dude there that's actually a good shooter. We should note that Sacramento came out of this with uh, only one good shooter, which is kind of surprising. Um, I mean, honestly, they came out of the draft with four smart players here. Um, really good all defender, four. Too. Yeah, three really good defenders Um, I think This is a, you know Some of Sacramento's biggest issues Are uh, defensive effort And court awareness And I think this is a draft That really solidifies A solid bench Of um, players with those abilities So I like this draft for Sacramento Um, I probably would have loved it More if Killian Tilly Hadn't uh, been selected By whoever had the pick right before Rich, but, uh, no, this is a great draft.
2: Yeah. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's just a one final thought. Of, like if this is how it breaks, who would be the the first undrafted free agent you would go after as the Kings to get him on the, the, uh, practice squad to get him in the, you know, I know there's not summer league this year, but to get him in training camp, um, is there anyone you would be looking at? You know, numero uno, we're we're going after this undrafted free agent super hard.
0: There's nobody that I'm like really chasing, but I mean, I don't you hate Azubuki. Like, <laughs> the team that has zero rim protection at times. You know, when when Holmes comes off the floor, the rim protection's horrible. Like, Azabuki can't play the Alex Len role sort of thing. No.
1: I'm I'm very much not in on on Zibuki actually being an NBA rim protector. Um I don't love any of the rim protectors still out there honestly.
2: For me it would be Lamar Stevens. I mentioned him as like a super deep sleeper in the last episode. But he's just that, that body type that the Kings always need more of, you know, six eight, six ten wingspan, forward that can't shoot. <laughs> but you hope that one day you know, great athlete. You know that one day you could, you could you could turn the the shooting around, and then he just feels like a he feels like a good uh, Stockton guy.
1: You know, I got the answer. Uh, we talked about how only one of the four Kings picks here are good shooters, and uh, you know who might be one of the best no. shooters left <laughs> in <laughs> No, no, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> thank you. you know, why not go sign Sam Merrill, speaking him in Stockton for a couple of years, space the floor, see if you can toss the dice on getting Duncan Robinson super light. He's Be better than Kyle Guy. <laughs> He's
2: not better than Kyle Guy. How do you say that?
1: Uh, um, I'll tell you, if the Kings want to replace Kyle Guy with a better Kyle Guy, they should go look to my alma mater and select Jordan Ford. I think Kyle Guy is
2: – okay, sorry. Right. <laughs> I don't know Jordan Ford. I want to hear about him. Wait, are you just planning uh, for your – Alma mater now
1: <laughs> If I was standing for my alma mater I would have Taken him with uh, one of the last Couple of picks like I did The last time we did this with Nate <laughs> um, Now I Think Jordan Ford deserves consideration As in the very late Of the draft or uh, be one of the Priority free agents he's just a Really bouncy I mean he's The same size as Kyle Guy honestly but He's a lot better uh, Creator um and a very high IQ player on both ends of the court. I think he'd be a a very solid um, addition to a team that really didn't somehow came away without any shooters.
0: And I think it's going to be a mouthful, but it might be good for me to repeat the whole draft that we got going on here for the listeners. think that's a good idea here?
2: Yeah, have fun with that.
0: All right. First pick, Minnesota Timberwolves took LaMelo Ball. Two, Golden State, James Wiseman. Three, Charlotte, Anthony Edwards. Four, Chicago, Killian Hayes. Five, Cleveland, Isaac Okoro. Six, Atlanta, Devin Vassell. Seven, Detroit, Tyrese Halliburton. Eight, New York, Denny Dia. Nine, Washington, Onyeka Okongwu. Ten, Phoenix, Patrick Williams. Eleven, San Antonio, Alexei Pokusevsky. 12, Sacramento Kings, Tyrese Maxey, 13, New Orleans, Cole Anthony, 14, Boston, Obi Toppin, 15, Orlando, Kyra Lewis, 16, Portland, Sadiq Bay, 17, Minnesota, Desmond Bain, 18, Dallas, Aaron Neesmith, 19, Brooklyn, Josh Green, 20, Miami, Jaden McDaniels, 21, Philadelphia, Tyrell Terry, 22, Denver, R.J. Hampton, 23, Utah, Theo Maladon. 24, Milwaukee, Jalen Smith. 25, Oklahoma City, J. Scrub. 26, Boston, Precious Achua. 27, New York, Isaiah Joe. 28, Oklahoma City, Jamias Ramsey. 29, Toronto, Tyler Bay. 30, Boston, Robert Woodard III. While I catch my breath, anything stand out reading through the first round once again?
2: The Poku pick stands out to me. I just don't know what to make of... His actual draft stock, like his IRL draft stock. Do you think that 11 is too high for Poku Bryant?
1: No, I think uh, that's right, kind of the range where I'd start expecting him to go. And uh, if there's any team that I trust would have a have a locked down opinion on Poku and be able to develop him slowly, it would be the Spurs. So I love that pick.
0: Right, and yeah, then to kick off the second round, 31, Dallas took Grant Riller, 32, Charlotte Xavier Tillman, 33, Minnesota Leandro Balmaro, 34, Philadelphia Malachi Flynn, 35, the Sacramento Kings Trey Jones, 36, Philadelphia Zeke Nagy, 37, Washington Nico Mannion, 38, New York Devon Dotson, 39, New New Orleans Nate Hinton. 40, Memphis, Emmanuel Quickly. 41, San Antonio, Elijah Hughes. 42, New Orleans, Killian Tilly. 43, the Sacramento Kings, Najee Marshall. 44, Chicago, Jordan Nawara. 45, Orlando, Isaiah Stewart. 46, Portland, Cassius Stanley. 47, Boston, Daniel Oturu. 48, Golden State, Cassius Winston. 49, Philadelphia, Paul Reed. 50, Atlanta, Tyshawn Alexander. 51, Golden State, Miles Powell. 52, the Sacramento Kings, Jalen Harris. 53, Oklahoma City, Vernon Carey. 54, Indiana, Reggie Perry. 55, Brooklyn, Mason Jones. 56, Charlotte, Marcus Howard. 57, the LA Clippers, Lamine Jeunet. 58, Philadelphia, CJ Elby. 59, Toronto, Caleb Wesson, and 60, New Orleans, Yam, Madar. That's
1: why you get paid the big bucks for your radio voice, Brendan.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, guys, I, I mean, this was this was a good time. I got through all 60 here, and, yeah, these centers, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really feel like, you know, O2R Oturu's falling to almost pick 50. I yeah think we're forty five like I don't know i I totally see our logic. I just don't know if that's happening.
1: This draft's gonna be a really interesting uh, point to look and see how the n b a is evaluating both big men in the current age and uh, a variety of point guard skills that's definitely gonna be the most interesting part of a second round to me
2: yeah it really it really is, and it feels like you know. It feels like a really accepted, a really well accepted point of view that the center position is becoming less and less important, especially the traditional center skills. And I feel like we haven't quite seen that happen in the NBA draft yet. Like there's still guys like Jackson Hayes is still going in the top 10, and it's just like I feel like one, it could just the dam could break at any moment, but we might be jumping the gun here.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll it'll definitely be an interesting night, and yeah, hopefully, you know, we were somewhere in the ballpark here. I think we did a, a pretty good job, and is there any final thoughts from you here, Brian, before we, we kind of call it here?
1: Well, thank God the draft's finally here. Thanks for having me on, boys.
2: Thank you for being here, and we got one more uh, one more episode before the The draft coming out. That's gonna be the morning of the draft, giving you, uh, giving you all listeners, myself, and Brendan's official big board rankings. uh, Lock us in. Make us look like fools. Uh, It'll be the episode that everyone can go back to and be like, "Oh my God, Richard had J. Scrub 25. He is incompetent." There we go.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll be out uh, not long after this one and the last one before the draft. So thank you to everybody for listening to this. There's definitely going to be additional draft content before and after based on who Sacramento selects at the King's Herald. Definitely go support the Patreon there. And if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days here.